Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cast for a special episode. My name is Zane. And my name is Ian. And uh, today we are getting away from Grandmaster Ben, uh, who is, uh, you know, he's in one of them busy times. And we decided to just try something that's uh, not on the usual schedule. And for that, I have invited on Ian, who is a frequent guest and contributor on Empowered. Uh, but I don't think you've been on any uh, cast stuff uh, to this point. No, I don't believe I have. And uh, it's been a massive oversight on your part. <laughs> and <laughs> it's about damn time, if you ask me. You know, it's it's not that, like, we didn't think to ask you. It's that there's so many things where, like, oh, it would be great to have Ian on, like, like when we were doing Frisky Dingo, if or if you if you contacted us and you're like, hey, I want to talk about Aqua Teen Hunger Force, like I we, I can't turn that down. <laughs> that reminds me, can we just do Aqua Teen Hunger Force for this episode? <laughs> no, no, I haven't done the necessary. Re- ben would kill me. <laughs> no, we we needed a uh, short thing that didn't require a lot of prep work or any prep work that Ben would not mind missing out on. And so I said, you know what? I've always wanted to take a look at some of the Land Before Time sequels. We did Land Before Time uh, a good while ago, uh, and that was a good movie. You know, it's a classic. But they had 14 Land Before Time movies. So I, you know, I asked my wife, you know, hey, pick a number between 2 and 14. She picks 8. And so today uh, we are going to be talking about the Land Before Time 8, The Big Freeze. Starring uh, Jeff Goldblum and Glenn Close. It's, you know, it's a really <laughs> heartwarming story of <laughs> friends reconnecting after many years. Now, I know that reference, but for the audience, <laughs> what that's, is that's That's the one big chill joke that I could come up with for this entire movie. So I just had to get it out <laughs> early. We can move on with our lives. Um, yeah, so what is, you know... what? We've had The Land Before Time on this podcast. What's your relationship with that movie series? Have you seen the original? Have you seen any of the others? I saw the original back when I was, you know, of appropriate Land Before Time viewing age. You know, I was in the Target demo. I was, And we don't uh, know what age that was because time wasn't real. Right, exactly. It was before <laughs> time. So, so we were just left to speculate how old I should be to be watching that movie. Uh but, you know, I was a uh, white middle class toddler, so dinosaurs were my bailiwick. Um, I was, at the time, I remember being very disappointed at how inaccurate some of the depictions of dinosaurs were, because again, mm-hmm. I was a white middle class toddler, so I knew everything. Um, and, uh, you know, it was dinosaurs, it- so I had to, anything about that, di- just like when I was, you know, 13, I had to go see every movie that had swords in the poster. I had uh-huh. to see anything that had dinosaurs in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a real shame that uh, there's gatekeeping into dinosaur interest and that um, they don't let children learn about dinosaurs until the area has been properly gentrified. Yeah, um, there's really there's a real lack of uh, of intersectionality and diversity in the dinosaur community, which I believe you know it's it's gotten better. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've yeah, because they, been they out allow of the birds now for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's interesting, you know, this movie specifically deals with a large amount of white stuff, which in this case is snow, um, because, um, you know, the, the Land Before Time is a really weird dinosaur movie because canonically it's after the dinosaurs have been wiped out, <laughs> is my understanding. And, Makes you know, the sort of like gone. an Ed, Ed and Ed without uh, or Ed and Nettie without the parents, you know, it's the uh-huh. dinosaurs that that survived the apocalypse. Yeah. 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 They've survived modern living. And <laughs> in the original movie, you know, oh, you know, there's there's a seismic shift in the geology. Something's gone wrong. There's an extinction event and everybody's dying because there's no food. Um, which I believe is similar to what actually happened. You know, we can get into the mm-hmm. you know specifics at another date. Uh, and they all go to the Great Valley where there is food. And so this is a, a the only place where there's still dinosaurs. And now they're hitting an ice age. Are all of the movies like this where they're just like getting extinct again? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's it's sort of like. Uh... You know, it's almost a monster of the week situation where something happens and all of a sudden the Great Valley that was so great is 
no longer there's no food there anymore so there's that i mean you know there are themes of of uh, colonialism you know they come their their place wasn't wasn't as good anymore so they went and they found these new lands that have all these resources that they need and nothing troubled them there was no uh no resistance and then uh and then something happened there's some sort i think there was one movie where there was a slave revolt i don't remember but you know Uh uh-huh yeah and then you know they're like oh nobody's living here in the great valley and it's like well you just you just knocked a t-rex you know off a cliff to his death like the t-rex was already there man all right there there is an essay to be written on that but uh today we're we're just looking at the eighth one in the series um yeah so uh you know when we're comparing this to the original the original was a big movie it had resources behind it it had talent uh and it was a lot you know it was it was ponderous it was orchestral it was uh, you know, thoughtful and slow. And, you know, it had a lot of the same, it it had a feeling where something big would happen and then you would just kind of have to sit with the feelings for a little bit. Mm-hmm. All of the other ones were straight to TV movies, um, <laughs> which, which, like you say, kind of monster of the week. Like there's a problem of the week and some B plots that kind of revolve around it, but it's, it's, probably better to think of this as like a tv show with really long episodes Mm -hmm. than a movie yeah yeah sort of uh you know it's it's the movie that you would see in the bin at walgreens by the checkout Mm -hmm. line um which you know it sort of took the place of the uh you know the the tv special you know where you know the they would have to introduce a new character who was like HIV positive or something. And yeah, then they yeah. had to deal with like, Oh, here's how, you know, we accept new people into our community and, you know, learn other people's differences, but also how we're the same, blah, blah, blah. Um, this was a very big but, thing for nineties and early two thousands TV. Extremely. Yes. By the way, so it was is, all about what can you as an individual do to fix societal norms and very little about the root causes. Well, in TV shows and movies that replace parenting. <laughs> right, right. You know, common sense media and all that. <laughs> right. So um, this movie was came out uh, in December of 2001, and it was directed Ooh, a by... heady time. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we all needed. Yes. Uh, and it was directed by Charles Grosvenor. Um, who got his start in, um, like, Hanna-Barbera doing, like, you know, the Smurfs and all that. And he got his directing debut with Yogi's Treasure Hunt. And and it's starting to click. It's like, yeah, this is just like a Hanna-Barbera movie where, like, it's not a big thing with themes and, and you know, demands of the audience. It's like Yogi Bear's wandering around an island for an hour. It's It's that kind of thing. <laughs> Not a huge amount of plot development, not a lot of through lines from other movies, some musical numbers for some reason. Oh, yeah, those are those are a little rough. And that was the, tough. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's more cartoony, like sequence to sequence. We're changing the mood pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. But the the biggest disappointment of this movie is that it's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> It's just fine. <laughs> it's 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 unoffensive. There's you know, they really don't uh they don't take any chances. It's no no great leaps of faith. They're not counting on a lot from the audience, which, you know, I know it's a child's movie, but you know, come on. <laughs> like uh, like give me a little bit of like oh, you know, even Dragon Tales, we were struggling with our emotional development, you know? Right. Here here it's like I'm mad at them. No, you know what? I love them. Credits. You know what? It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, and it it's really, like 70 it minutes long. Yeah. It could have been a 22 minute episode of Hey Arnold, but that would have been better <laughs> than this. You know, the, the, my respect for Hey Arnold has only grown. It's like a fine wine, like the, the <laughs> amount that they crammed in there. <laughs> it just It just keeps getting better. Because yeah. that was a show where they were like, no, like, it's not us, it's society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Society's mm-hmm. the problem. Yep, yep. And and then, you know, wrestling with those larger problems. I think usually at the end of every episode, nothing, you know, no large-scale change had happened anyway, which, you know, was just preparing us as, uh, you know, 
proto political entities, you know, getting mm-hmm. growing into our adolescence and learning about things like politics, and then you know realizing, oh, like you can go through an entire episode of Hey Arnold, and, and nothing, you know, <laughs> functionally has changed, <laughs> but we feel better about ourselves. So you know, it's a good coping mechanism for us. It it occurred to me that this movie actually has a lot in common with some modern pop culture where there are, you you know, there's a lot of like post-apocalyptic or young adult stuff where everything's fucked and it's the children who are going to solve everything. And a lot of, you know, societal problems are basically being resolved by right now by like, yeah, you know, the millennials and Gen Gen Z, they seem pretty on the ball. They'll figure this out. (laughs) And that's what happens here. Where they're like, yeah, our society's fine. Oh no, an apocalypse. Let's blame one guy, and then the kids will wander off and fix it. Yes, it's it's really kind of wild. Really good scapegoating. I love that. <laughs> that was a good um, element. But are there any uh, other generalities you want to hit before we get into uh, get into the plot? Any other generalities? You know, the whole movie was one big generality. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, as as with every one of these movies, there's, you know, strong themes of family and family bonds and, you know, the, the um, Spike, I believe his name is. See, I, I this movie just washed over me, even though these are characters <laughs> that I knew viscerally from my childhood. I just I don't remember any of it. Um, you know, the, you the, know them by their shape. Exactly. The the smaller green one without the long neck, he, you know, he was adopted into this family and then, you know, other it, people or other, uh, you know, other members of his own species come traveling through. So he joins them because he's like, oh, these look like me. I should go with them. Um, these are my kind me, and I don't have any sort of advanced processes going on. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had nothing else going on, so he just abandoned his adoptive family who raised him and, you know, went off with his own species, which, you know, eventually he comes back to his adoptive family and everything's great, you know. Um, So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I yeah, wasn't so that's, really that's planning on getting into race theory here, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got into that on the last one. Like, they okay. are, you know, it, it's, um, you know, they acknowledge that they're different species and, you know, it's like... Yeah, during the day you all go play, and then at, after you know at, during nighttime you sleep with your with your family, and it's 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 not terrible. What you do in the privacy of your own home is up to you. <laughs> Everything that stays in Las Vegas sixty five million years ago uh, stays in Las Vegas. Yeah, I, <laughs> forever. Yeah. <laughs> However, the phrase yeah. goes, I, I have never been to Vegas. <laughs> um, so. And so that's that's one of the B plots where like Ducky is mad at Spike, but Spike goes off and now Ducky's jealous. And the other B plot is like this teacher who is a um, triceratops or or one of them flat triceratopses uh, is like old and wants to be respected and teach the kids. And they're giving him some guff and people blame him for not, you know, seeing the apocalypse coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. His, his name, the one name I do remember from this movie is Mr. Thicknose, which I don't know <laughs> what racial epithet that is, but it felt wrong. <laughs> hey, yeah, I, uh, I couldn't put my finger on it, but ugh, I was like, oh, this feels this feels bad. But anyway, hey, that's, man, are you that's coming, neither are here nor there. Hey, man, do you have gym after lunch? No, I've got, uh, you know, I've got anthropology with Mr. Thicknose. Ugh. <laughs> um, and I kind of liked Mr. Thicknose because like. He lectures them about, you know, how each animal gathers food. And he's like, yeah, you know, this animal shouts to make the leaves fall off the tree. And this one hits it with his head. And like, I don't know, you you put you put a suit on this guy and give him some PowerPoint slides. He wouldn't be half bad. He, I've the, seen he's worse. The, he's the freshman biology teacher, you know, teaching you about ecological niches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, he's the only one in this movie who actually learned a lesson. <laughs> He was always the mm. oldest and wisest guy, and you know he he <laughs> turns had, out he was full of shit. Well, but he had experience, you know, he experienced stuff, and also learned from other people, which is another thing that these movies and shows are always telling us to do. You know, take mm-hmm. other people at their word. You know, be. 
be, you know, a little bit wary sometimes, but, you know, generally trust people who you, you find are trustworthy. And um, he found people, you know, other dinosaurs who were not his own species. He, you know, learned from them and, and took their experiences and folded them into his own life experience. And everyone gave him shit for it because he was wrong about one thing. <laughs> It is hard to stay mad at the neighborhood Boo Radley if he <laughs> looks after everybody's kids after they run away and finds a hot spring to help everybody survive the winter and mm-hmm. fights a T-Rex. I think we can give <laughs> yeah. him a pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, he screwed up one thing, which, to be fair, the one thing he screwed up could have just killed everybody, but... You know, the rest of them were not willing to move out of the Great Valley, which at that mm-hmm. point, that is the logical thing to do. Like, it's yeah, frozen. I mean, There's we no have food. A spe- you have to move. Uh, yeah, Spike's people, the the whatever they are, Stegosaurus, I don't know. Um, they're Spike Tails. And, uh, you know, they're wanderers. So they come in and out of the Great, the Great Valley, which makes you wonder maybe things aren't that bad everywhere else. Right. Um, and they're like, yeah, guys, like, when this happens, you got to move. Like, you got to leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is this like a 10 Cloverfield Lane thing where Mr. Thicknose is John Goodman and you're not really sure if he's, if there is actually something evil out there or if he's just keeping you around because he needs to be needed? Uh, yeah, I didn't watch 10 he, Cloverfield Lane. That's just what I got from the trailer. <laughs> he is a John Goodman type. He is. Um. Yeah, so... Uh, let's look. Let's start the movie. Um, so we start with um, a narrator. You know, it's the same guy that we had um, in the original movie, and he's like, "Hey guys, it's the land before time. There's you know dinosaurs. Stop me <laughs> if I'm going too fast." <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think you probably know where this is going, but you know, just just in case this is your first one, if you're starting the series at number eight, mm-hmm. the, the 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 ideas we need you to get on board with to, to do this is one. There's a great valley. Everyone's happy. And two, sharp tooths, T-Rexes, they're still around. Watch out. Mm-hmm. And we start with the kids in class. Um, you know, uh, uh, Ducky is having trouble sleeping because Spike is snoring and they have some sleep hijinks. And then she's sleepy in class. And like, yeah, you know, if, if you've ever tried to teach kids like, all right, one of them is falling asleep. One of them is asking a billion questions, which is Littlefoot. And everybody else is just kind of checked out. Mm-hmm. It's it's a hard sitch. <laughs> Which makes me think that you know, maybe maybe this, you know, really the whole point of this movie is to make kids feel guilty about how they're fucking off during class. Well, well yeah, but Littlefoot is also not coming out great because, like, he's asking questions and Thicknose is like, listen, kid, I know this. Stop. Like, I'll, we'll get there when we get there. And yeah, Littlefoot, maybe it was intelligent design. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's not on the test moving on <laughs> i mean after you talk about how everybody eats what else do you need in a class what else do they do creatures? that's it <laughs> uh well you know come back in a couple of years kids we'll teach you about the other you know thing you gotta do <laughs> the other stuff laying yeah. eggs whatnot um so you know we have that for a bit and then um the kids are playing later and ducky's upset you know she's like spike is getting me in trouble he's keeping me from sleeping i wish he would just go away mm-hmm. you know kind of the, you'll be the careful what you ball. wish for yeah and we get a we get a song um, or, or maybe this happens in a little bit but Sarah is basically we all remember Sarah she's the Triceratops and she's you know awful and she tries to help Ducky focus her anger much like a Sith Lord uh, yes Darth Sarah oh Darth Ceratops Darth Ceratops is my favorite Sith Lord I mean to be honest Darth Maul just had horns all over his face he might as well have been a Triceratops um, <laughs> Darth Thick Nose <laughs> I don't know about that one. First, make your face all squinny and scary. Don't raise up your head. Hold your breath until you're blue and make your eyes turn red. Jedi uh, Master Thick Nosicus. Ooh, that's better. I like that one. That works. Sorry, continue. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, 
so Sarah teaches uh, teaches Ducky how to focus her anger, basically to get what she wants, which mm-hmm. you know it's the archetypal, you know, bratty little kid, usually bratty little girl, um, with uh, spoiled. Right, this is the kid from Willy Wonka, basically. Right, spoiled, but also not parented. Like basically, they were given whatever they wanted because that was easier than like just being a parent to the child. So Sarah never really got all of the other, you know, the the advice and the handhold, not handholding, but you know, the the support that, for instance, um, Little Neck, right? Little Neck. Little Foot. Little He's foot. a long She's, neck. Well, anyway, Little Foot. <laughs> she never got the parenting that Little Foot got from his grandparents. Um, mm-hmm. So again, like Hey Arnold, exactly, exactly. This is this is Arnold and Helga. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it is. It really okay, is. So so we're just gonna do Hey Arnold for the rest of this episode. If you if you're oh, here God, for the late for time, you can tune out now. <laughs> I mean, Hey Arnold had better musical numbers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That song it was just bad. Yeah, let's talk about the song. So so the song is about being mad and it's pretty lackluster. Like you know, I I uh you know, I used to direct the old Shakespeare camp and um you know, I've seen good child singing. Mm-hmm. Um this was not And that. this is this is this is not that. You know, they're it's it's uninspired and it's one of like three songs and it has very little to do with the rest of the it's it was just an odd choice. I mean, I will say it was probably, in my opinion, the best song of all the songs. Probably yeah, because that, that's it, it not was, great. <laughs> it was, yeah, which is not saying much, obviously, but it was cohesive. It was less. Uh, it was less cloying and uh, you know sentimental than the other ones. It was more fun, you know. Mm-hmm. It had a little bit of a bop to it, and you just got to see small dinosaurs being ridiculous. So aside from the actual singing and the music, it was you know fun i suppose compared to the yeah i mean usually most of the music in this movie is that sort of orchestral swelling you know they they, they stole some of the james horner stuff from the first movie mm-hmm. um and it's more of like an emotional accompaniment but here they're using like a light jazz band and it's like the angriest instrument they were like what is that oh it's the saxophone of course clearly uh, and so it it is distinct from the rest of the piece. Um, mm-hmm. It just, you know, doesn't go anywhere uh, because yeah. Ducky is like, listen, I didn't know that being mad was going to be such hard work. Like, it, it's a little profound. <laughs> it is. It really just is. Just a little. Yeah, just, just, just enough. But uh-huh. it's also, you know, it's one of those uh, musical numbers in a child's movie that comes out of nowhere and then also just sort of peters out there's not Mm -hmm. not much in the way of transitions it doesn't ease you into it doesn't ease you out of it it's just here's a song and more dialogue this is no hakuna matata oh of course not no (laughs) not even close there is another weird factor that i'd like to bring up at this point which is um spike is running into the other spike tails Mm mm-hmm and the other Spike Tales talk. And, you know, the first movie were like, oh, he can't talk, but it's because he just hatched. He's a baby. Mm-hmm. But we see one that's even smaller than him. Uh, Tippy? Dippy? Some uh, dumb name? I don't know. Some dumb name. Kevin? He looked like a Kevin. <laughs> I, think, I think it's Kevin. And it's like, oh, no, Spike just doesn't talk. He was raised in the wild and never learned how. <laughs> Spike Spike is just nonverbal. Yeah, it, it's just a weird choice to keep with uh, to keep with the, the with the series. You're like, are we just gonna have this character never emote like talk? He's just gonna emote and you know make sounds, right? And you know, it would be one thing if it was like, I mean, maybe this was touched on in other movies, but you know, oh, here's the. Uh, intellectually um there's some atypical right, aspect yes. of his development yes so here here is the neuroatypical uh new kid essentially you know because you think he's just a hatch or whatever um 
you would think it would be like, oh, look, you know, here's he can do all the same. You know, he's just as much of a, you know, part of our family as everybody, which I suppose part of the family. Oh, yes. But yeah, they treat him great. All he's ever shown doing is eating and snoring and fucking up, which feels not great. It's not ideal. It's it's a weird thing. Like when we watched it originally, Ben said, like, this character is ostensibly a dinosaur, but really he's their dog. And this movie makes that a lot weirder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it got uncomfortable. Um, so that, that was an interesting choice. Um, so in the next scene, we have um, basically Thicknose is going to Littlefoot's grandfather to mm-hmm. say, like, your kid, he's being a real shit heel. <laughs> and, it's a bad uh, child. And Littlefoot oversees this. And they, they he and his grandpa have a chat that night. And his grandfather's like, listen... I have here's some advice in context. Like, Mister Thicknose is old. He's proud. He doesn't know what to do with somebody as curious as you. But like, you know, like respect him. Let him have his dignity. Get on his right. good side. Like, who's? What's the harm in that? So I thought that was like an interesting, nuanced discussion of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it wasn't. It wasn't like, hey, he knows better than you. You need to, you know, behave yourself. It was like. Look, you don't have anything to gain by making him feel bad about himself, which I think is mm-hmm. something a lot of kids don't get for a while. Yeah, that there that there are people where like yeah, they're not right, but you know, you can start it on the right. You can you can start to improve the relationship and right. you know, what what's the harm? Yep. Yeah, so I I I liked that. And again, it's it seems like the conversation that could have come out of Hey Arnold. So <laughs> with that, those are all the B plots having started and set up. Mm-hmm. 18 minutes into this 70 minute film, the plot starts <laughs> where the, the snow falls. We, we've started the story now. <laughs> all right. All right. Nobody saw the first movie, right? Let's some establishing shots, you know? Yes. Um, so yeah, Littlefoot is like, oh wow, there's this white stuff falling from the sky, and you know when he goes to tell Thicknose about it, Thicknose is like, I don't know about that, and that's why, you know, people are like, you know, later they're like, hey, this is a big problem. You should have known then. Mm-hmm. But like, what if that happened to us? Like, <laughs> some weird weather phenomenon we'd never seen before that only we see. Why would anyone believe that? That's a good point. Yeah, but also. I mean, didn't didn't Mr. Thicknose, didn't he say that he had heard of snow happening somewhere else? Yeah, yeah. Travelers. <laughs> so he did know that it was a real thing. He just didn't believe that it could happen here. Yeah. I mean, oh, you know, there there's always weather, you know, it, weather's always sometimes extreme. Like, it's not evidence of anything, you know. It's, <laughs> it's listen, it's not dinosaur caused. It's happening, but it's not because of the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So now we get another uh, Spike Tail uh, scene where, like, the Spike Tails find Spike again, and they talk to his mom, who's also Ducky's mom because they adopted him. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, you're you're his mother. You're raising him. Yeah, well, you know, he, he didn't have any of his own kind. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hey, you know, we're his, we're his own kind. Maybe that's my son now. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe i could have this one what did what did you think of this we're like just you know this this wandering group of spike tails who are like yeah he seems happy but like he should be with his own kind yeah it's i mean it's it's weird and mm-hmm. again i'm pretty sure there's a hey arnold episode about adoption and how your adoptive family is your family um but yeah i I don't know every time every time you try and connect it to the real world equivalent of this for like uh you know like a very tv very special tv movie where it's like oh you know uh somebody in a uh family where the parents adopt a child and the child is clearly, you know, of a different race or just clearly not related. And people ask questions and there's that uncomfortable, you know, conversation like, oh, you're his mother. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but then to resolve it with like well he should be with his own kind like the you you can't really take it as an analogy <laughs> they kind of just have to be dinosaurs pretty much yeah and uh yeah D- ducky's not sure how she feels which is understandable for a kid yep uh i have to say spike tail life seems like a lot of fun mm-hmm like, they're all roly-poly, and they can just bump into each other, eat constantly. Just running around. Yeah, not getting hurt, eating, sleeping, chilling Always out. Always on the move. Yeah. yeah. Big bulky butt. It's kind of like backpacking through Europe. Yeah, yeah, they're on their gap year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're doing a dino room springer. Yeah. <laughs> dino springer. Dino oh, springers. No. <laughs> Dinos in black hats. There's a really fascinating few second clip when she goes to pick Spike up for the day where she's talking to the mom to like pick him up and they're chatting and the vocal clip that is used for Ducky's mom is the exact same clip we just heard in the previous scene where she's saying like, yeah, you know, Spike's parents are gone. Raising him hasn't been easy. It's the same thing. And that was kind of like, oh, that's right. This is a TV movie. They are cutting corners everywhere mm-hmm. literally everywhere yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it was like uh, that was uh like off in the background right it was like you sort yeah of heard it was it, a panning like, shot over there but like yeah we'll just we'll just keep you which you know has terrifying implications for what you now perceive as the timeline of the movie it's like oh i just heard that does that mean what i just saw five minutes ago was happening at the same uh-huh. time i mean no it wasn't yeah that's obviously, right but <laughs> time is convoluted in the great valley because it hasn't been invented yet. History is a river. It repeats, whatever. <laughs> so uh, that night, there's snow again. And um, everyone's like, hey, what's this about? And Littlefoot's like, yeah, I tried to tell, I tried to tell, you know, Mr. Thicknose about this. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, why didn't he say anything to us? <laughs> this seems important. Yeah, we would have liked uh, so that's to know. Where, that's where that kind of comes to a head. Um, and the the wandering spike tails are actually there to say like, listen, we've wandered, we've seen this before. It'll go away soon. Mm-hmm. And we get some dino snow antics. The snowball fight was fun. Yeah, when's the last time you were out for like a snowball fight or like a like a snowman building? Um, I think it was probably college when you know you steal the the trays from the dining hall and go out to the the mound they put in the in the parking lot, which is great because then you just land in asphalt. Um, but uh, no, mm-hmm. it's you know, you, it's one of those nostalgic things where you know you could put that in basically any kids movie, and everyone's gonna feel good about it. Good snowball mm-hmm. fight, never hurts. You get a lot of <laughs> uh, a lot of screen time with Petrie, who is my personal favorite character in this whole movie, mostly oh, because really? he sounds like Rolf from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> so <laughs> that's all I can. Many picture. wings, Ed boy. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, because of all the characters, he's the one who doesn't really intersect with the main plots. Yeah, he's he's very uh, tangential, and I'm I assume that there's another movie that centers around him. Um, but you know, it's it's Petrie and his mother, I believe. Um, yeah. So oh, know, his old Jewish mother. <laughs> his old Jewish mother, my favorite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, you know, he's he's got his own thing going on. There's not a lot of drama or, or uh, you know, trauma surrounding him in this movie. You know, like I said, I, I imagine there's another movie which focuses more on him for our, um, you know, the immigrant kid in your in your class. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he was fun. Snowball fight was fun, which, you know, just makes you feel like, well, great. What's the problem with snow? We all have a good time. It's fine. Yeah, snow is a great time as long as it doesn't stick around and threaten to kill you. Um, I remember in college uh, there was like a big mound of snow uh, that was making it hard to cut across the lawn in uh, the way that I liked to coming back to the dorm from one of my classes. So I like one day just grabbed a shovel and just like started building out my own path. And, you know, you (laughs) you, you get it gets warm because you're, you know, putting out a lot of energy. So I take off my coat and now I've got people looking at me just shoveling in the middle of the quad. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of fun I'm used to having. Uh, There's a, there's a very lazy animation beat that I saw here, you know, speaking of cutting corners where, um, you know, when when you watch the original movie, you realize just how often they're falling down cliffs. 
because mm-hmm. it's like a good chunk of the movie. Yeah. And here for like tumbling down a snowbank, it's the same it's the same shots. They they recycle the romping frames and mm-hmm. just add snow. And oh, then yeah. rather than show them tumbling over the side, you zoom in to their foot slipping and then recycle the falling down a cliff <laughs> frames. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm led to believe that it's elegant. Yeah, it's it's a really really nice and efficient solution to yeah. Although what I would have really liked would have been to recycle one of the foot slipping on like a rocky cliff, but then use that in a snowy scene. So they just go from mm-hmm. there's just snow everywhere, but now there's a foot slipping <laughs> off a rocky cliff. I you know honestly I would have liked that better than if it had a little more, more attention to detail. Yeah, yeah, it's like old Power Rangers episodes where it's like clearly that's not the same actor speaking. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, or, you got you, know, you got somebody else to voice. A, a little bit of uh, a little bit of Kung Pao would have been good, you know. I would have appreciated that. I went so I went back um, and watched the because you remember in the original Power Rangers, a uh, few of the actors got canned because uh, mm-hmm. they were asking for more money, and they replaced them. And I went back and watched the episodes where they were replacing them, and I it's amazing how obvious it is looking back. That they weren't in those episodes. Not <laughs> even they, close. You know, it was recycled. They were in the suits. There was a kind of a voice similarity kind of guy. Like, I don't know how I never noticed that as a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, there was a really good um, shot of one of the uh, um, Triceratopses rolling a snowball down a cliff. And mm-hmm. it rolled onto the long tail's neck uh, or onto the long tail's tail mm-hmm. long neck's tail and then it rolls up the body like a reverse skateboard and just oh, jams yeah. him in the face like yes. even the parents are getting into it and that's really good it's an awesome flintstones moment we all loved it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so and this is where spike is like i want to stay with my own kind they you know he's getting he's getting that uh, attachment they get me, and I wouldn't expect you to understand, man. Yeah, these drifters down under the bridge, they understand my art more than you ever would. They don't care that I got pierced ears. Have you seen what they're piercing? So the snow keeps coming, and people are starting to have trouble getting food, and this sort of thing is simply not supposed to happen in our gated community. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that's kind of how they're talking. Like, it's not as existential for them as maybe it should be because, you know, the, the, the wanderers are like, yeah, time to move on and get new food. And everybody's like, no, like, the problem should resolve itself. This is no, the Great Valley. <laughs> no, think, things are not supposed to change. I don't like change. We we need to blame you know the the teacher yeah. for ruining society. <laughs> they need you know, to they blame have, they... the the elitist East Coast uh, liberal who is teaching all their kids. <laughs> it's his fault. Giving them weird ideas about not starving to death. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we have the, like a big angry parent teacher conference slash oh, witch hunt. And he's, was he ba- was he officially banished or was he just like fuck this noise? I think. Uh... He wasn't banished, so they they basically you know said you're not leading us anymore, and uh, then effectively self exiles when he goes to help find Ducky, right? Because Ducky goes after Spike. That's right, because Spike is going with the Wanderers. Ducky pushes him away, sings a sad song about family. Is it someone who looks like us? Is it someone who acts like us? Is it someone who sleeps beside us in the nest? Is it someone who speaks like us? Goes after him, and then, you know, Thick Nose is like, ah, oh, God, everything sucks, but, like, I'm responsible for these kids. Let me go take care of it. Yeah, that's that's the order of events. Right, so he, not the, you know, the, not the kids' parents or guardians or whatever. It's their teacher who is actually going with them to make sure they don't die. So, yeah, you know, once Which again, like, showing more than I'm going to He knows do. what's up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, what did you think of this song where it's just Ducky like family? I don't even remember how it goes. It's, it doesn't have like a. 
I <laughs> yeah I don't know yeah. all these songs they, they sort of drift I just yeah. met a girl family <laughs> they, they did they all drifted they all drifted in and out of like Beauty and the Beast and you know a little <laughs> bit of Cats really you know you could see the inspiration here um, it was all very jellical very yeah, they, yes it, and it wasn't a focused instrumental section it was like a continuation of the background music and mm-hmm. they're kind of half singing during a regular segment i, I agree yeah. you, the other one was better it's uh really really amateurish use of sprechstimme i just i don't know i didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> forgot about sprechstimme <laughs> and um they uh, <laughs> the kids make a snow statue of Spike, which looks really sad. They're just like, yeah. I really miss him. And then when uh, they find out, like, oh, Spike's missing. Where did he go? They look at the statue and they're like, I bet I know where he went. It's like, okay, it's like, yeah, we all. <laughs> That's not how ideas that. work. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to be reminded of what he looked like. It's it's direct to TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're they're all out in the uh, out in the wilderness. Not unlike Jesus. Yeah, and and when there's one set of footprints in the snow, it's because you are really cold. (laughs) And you're walking in each other's footprints because that's how you avoid getting water in your boots. And I'm pretty sure that that Ducky and Petrie were just riding on uh, Littlefoot most of the time just because that was easier. Yeah, yeah, Um, (laughs) yeah. Meanwhile, the Spike Tails, the Wanderers, they like... You know, they are walking that single file and they tip over like dominoes <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a scene that is more slapstick than I think the situation deserves. No, it did not merit it. But you know what? I wasn't mad at it. And uh, the kids run into Mr. Thicknose and they all agree like, OK, we need to go into the mysterious beyond, which mm. is like the Great Valley. But we have less of an idea of what's out there. That's where the hyenas are, right? Yeah, yeah, the elephant graveyard. Yes. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we'll be better because we have an adult with us and he knows things. Uh, he's never been there. He doesn't nope. know what it's out there. And he's slow. Like, yep. <laughs> this, and, is, uh, this is when the, the children learn their other lesson about their elders is that often they're useless. Yeah, don't don't trust adults. They don't know what they're doing better than you do. And they're just going to slow authority. you down in, in the aftertimes. <laughs> Reject tradition. Embrace the, you know, mysterious uh, beyond. That's right. And uh, so, yeah, they see some tracks. And Petrie, your boy, goes boy. to uh, scout ahead. And he has a real Iron Man situation. The cold freezes his wings. <laughs> he didn't get his de-icer on. And, uh, you know, he. this is where we get our first avalanche. He, he like, plows into the side of a mountain. And uh, the avalanche destroys the pass into the valley. So now we... Mm. We gotta go forward. We have no choice. That's right. That's right. Um, Ducky, meanwhile, who is separate from them, is also following the footholds, but then he finds a new, or she finds a new type of foothold, which is a sharp tooth foothold. So we have, we have a T-Rex again, which. Yeah. In, in the cold. (laughs) In the cold, in the great beyond. We had this in um, Balto when we were, when we were discussing that, where you have your big primary a problem where you know it's cold and you don't know if you're going to make it back and then after you overcome that uh initial problem there's a lot of smaller other problems like oh no like the bridge is out a little bit and we're gonna have to jump it or there's icicles that are going to attack us like uh-huh. <laughs> you you don't need a spike tail in this or, or a sharp tooth in this situation like yeah you, <laughs> you're gonna ice age it doesn't get worse <laughs> that's also bad for the sharp tooth mm-hmm. yeah honestly they could have you know they could have teamed up with the sharp tooth that would have been that would have been a better lesson say like look this is a threat to the sharp tooth too we gotta work together even though you would like yeah. to eat me well in the know. same way that spike is like their dog sharp teeth are kind of like a like a feral coyote that's like, there's true. no reasoning with it that's true yeah. um, although isn't one of the movies where they're like they meet a baby sharp tooth and he's fine that does sound right yeah which is like saying you know like newborns don't know racism or something it's the it, it's also the like, lesson there you know society 
is the only thing preventing us from savagery or you know there's there's something there that's oh yeah uncomfortable no matter which direction yeah. you go with it in like you could do the like oh it's like bojack horseman we're like yeah they're animals like us but they're not you know they're not animal animals right, <laughs> right. food right it, it's it they have government and pay taxes it's it's for children to understand not us right right yep um so the she runs in ducky runs into the rest of the gang and they're like, we got to deal with the sharp tooth, and they use the uh, like the sn- the snowball, an offensive snowball, mm-hmm. which like, I don't know. First movie, we had to trick him into lava, like shove him off a cliff, cause a collapsing, you know, uh, rock slide, and and that'll take him. This was like we hit him with the snowball that we were playing with earlier, just, just knocked him over. Yeah, and again, like the kids are saving the day. Thick nose is like, kids, I got to level with you. We're gonna die out here. Um, <laughs> as the largest, I should eat you. <laughs> uh, well, I, I liked uh, there was the like, you know, spoken in explicit terms. Wait a minute, I'm the adult. You're the kids. You should go ahead, and I'll like I'll bring up the rear or something. Which I mean, it was gonna happen anyway, just because he was slower. But the fact that they they felt the need to like just have him say, "Look, I'm doing the honorable thing. This is my you know." I'll slow down the sharp tooth. He's making his sacrifice. Yeah, it's it, it it's not that he's weak, it's that he was strong, that he right. was about to die. Right. Yeah. It's it's all framing. Adults are very good at lying to children about the why of things. Mm-hmm. So uh we we actually we get another like hazard, like mid-tier hazard here when the gang runs into a frozen lake. <laughs> the frozen lake, which this is which this also is happened the, in Balto. This is the but this is the like underground hot spring, correct? This this lake. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yes, yeah, because they they play it like it's a dangerous thing. Because like, okay, yeah, the kids go off onto the ice. You know, they slip and it's you know not great. You'll break a leg. You'll break your ankle out there. Uh, Thick nose is definitely going down. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not gonna cross that and make it out. And. You know, they, they fall into the water, and it's like, oh, it's red. It's, it's like, really warm. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not an ice expert. Conduction's <laughs> a thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. There, there, there was some, some confusion happening in this scene for me. Does ice, does ice traditionally form over hot springs? Uh no, with steam coming <laughs> off of them. <laughs> you know that you know, but you know, you know that famous picture of those monkeys in Japan in the hot springs. Clearly, they're all surrounded by ice. They're it's just their heads sticking out of this hole that they've punched with augers and picks that they have made by their own little monkey hands. And yeah, no, no, there's no, there's no. Ice I have not. Over this thing. I was yelling. I was, I was two mojitos in by this point, and I was just yelling at the TV. Like no, 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 no. This is dumb. Were you, were you watching this alone it. or with anybody? <laughs> I was watching with my wife. Yeah. What, what was her take on all this? She just thought it was dumb. How many mojitos deep was she? <laughs> I think. I think she was. I think she was two ciders in. Yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. which is I think I think it's a good level to be watching a, a plan before time movie at. Since yeah, I, you, you got. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're taking up your whole night with this. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't seen the monkeys in the hot spring uh, painting. Is that like the the Japanese equivalent of the dogs at the poker table? <laughs> no, but I'm gonna make that now. <laughs> yeah, make a hybrid. Yeah, <laughs> or like a split screen where it's like girls' night, boys' night, <laughs> spa day, put it on poker night, put it on Pinterest. Someone will buy it. Oh, absolutely. So, um, they enjoy the little like in-universe rest point, and. Littlefoot, you know, asks Thicknose, like, why Why have you been lying about, um, you know, your expertise? You know, we don't know things and we can just say that we don't know things. And he's like, listen, I, you know, I used to ask the Wanderers and the people from the Great Beyond, uh, you know, not, not the Great Beyond, the Mysterious Beyond, <laughs> uh, different thing, you know, what it was like out there. And, uh, you know, we get a little song, a little guitar. Um, yeah, wow, this one was also pretty underwhelming, wasn't it? You know, Littlefoot, I never intended to become such a fibber. (laughs) It just happened. When I was young, 
I was very shy, never seen or heard. But when Wanda was told of the great beyond, I remembered every word. As I grew older, I told those stories as if I had lived them too. In everyone's eyes, I was good, I was wise, to everyone but mm -hmm. you. Yeah, I, to the point where I don't even remember any of the lyrics or the tune at all. It just went in one ear and out the other. It's one thing when a child actor sings poorly. It's quite another when this guy is just like phoning it in after oh, having done was... a pretty good performance. Yeah, no, this this song was, uh, which makes me think that maybe they they recorded all of the voice tracks for this movie in order and in real time. So by this point, he was uh -huh. just over it. He kind of lost yeah, steam at you the know end. What? I've been here for an hour. Fuck this. You want to give me my paycheck. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the hot springs, although they appear very small, are apparently large enough, you know, for food to grow there, like in, in the weeds. And it's enough for all of society. So they're like, listen, we just got to get everybody to come here. And um, this is where Thick Nose is like, hey, I'm not 100% because, like, I haven't been here, but this sound, this terrain sounds familiar. I think I can get us back. And, like, that kind of, uh, you know, I'm I'm hedging my bets, which I guess is better leadership. It's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to say. More honest, um, I guess, but not, yeah, I don't know. Yep. Um, and Sharptooth's back. We got to deal with him again. And oh, they yeah. just throw a tree at him. <laughs> just, which, just, you know, conveniently placed tree. Yeah, thick noses. He just gives him the old yank and toss. He, mm -hmm. he eats it. He eats the guy off a cliff. There's there's a uh, fair amount of eating. Yeah. This team has quite the body count for <laughs> like a kid's thing. <laughs> you taken know, like so many lives. Imagine, you know, it's like a Scooby Doo if they murdered the criminals. Like, what show do you have? An average of one uh, murder of an axe killer every episode right it's like the halloween series <laughs> yeah but it's uh you know it's in self-defense so you know they they can you know that's how they sleep at night but after a while you gotta think like hey maybe we're doing something wrong where we keep putting ourselves in these situations where we have to kill to survive yeah They're officer all... I, it was self-defense he had a bunch of knives in his mouth <laughs> <laughs> they were just standing their ground so they find the path and they clear it off, uh, or, or they need to clear it off. And Littlefoot's like, "Hey, Mister Thicknose, remember how you told us about like how some animals make noise to get the leaves to fall? Um, and what if we did that to get the uh, snow to fall in an avalanche, the way that Petrie, you know, caused one by crash? It, it kind of ties it together nicely. It does. Yeah, it wraps it up pretty nicely. In you know, which is it's a little more satisfying when it's all of that wrap up happens." to overcome the final obstacle in this plot and not just uh -huh. like, Oh, we all made it back. Oh, here's a nice little, you know, you know, recap and, you know, just let's all Working just talk together. about all the things we learned instead of doing something with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there, there is one kind of forced bit where like Sarah is having trouble being as loud and ducky is like, don't you remember how to be angry? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, that, that, that was, part was a little more forced. They really shoehorn that in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they're able to get all the dinos uh, to the hot springs and Spike uh, smells the food and leads the wanderers there. So sure. Spike, real self-centered character, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Really, he's really I, I only looking this... out for his own interests. I'm not sure how well all these different plot threads, you know, come together because I... I like it. It de definitely padded out the runtime in a way mm -hmm. that was necessary. It gave each character a different thing to focus on and to do. But how much of this was really necessary and what else could they have done with this plot? But it also, like, it just shows that if they hadn't found that hot spring with a bunch of food, Spike would have just lived with that other, you know, the, the group of his own people. The mm -hmm dinosaurs uh so <laughs> so but the lesson there is like oh there there was a thing that i needed back here and you happen to be here too so i guess i'll stick around it's not you know mm -hmm. it's not very heartwarming 
Yeah, it, it it works. We all we all got back. It's the hero's journey. We all got back to the start, and yeah, but we feel yes. better. Yeah, <laughs> the and, hero's uh, journey they, where we don't follow the hero. <laughs> yeah, and we end up in a different place, and uh, nothing has changed. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, we 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 go toward the resolution. All the dinos are in the hot springs. They're fed. They're alive. Uh, they play that beautiful motif from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, Spike just kind of goes back to them. I, I, I think they could have done that part better where, like, maybe he smelled his friends and they met up before getting the rest of the dinos back. Or, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, he, you know, th- they maybe he got had a problem that they were able to solve with, mm-hmm. you know, having all the different kinds of dinosaurs. But it, it's whatever. He's a he's um you know, he, he's at the mercy of his own his own instincts. Mm hmm. And and we do get, I guess, a little bit of of that where, um, like Tippy, the Stegomom's uh, kid, falls into the ice, and uh, Ducky's mom, who's a water based creature, has to go save him. So that's you know, it's not oh, that's it's not true. nothing, but it it was um, you know, it's it's like bonus resolution after the resolution to get things back to the exact status quo. <laughs> right, right. But but also like getting another little lesson of like, hey, this person maybe did something that made you feel bad, but at the end of the day, we're all still looking out for each other, still family, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah, it's like a Fast and Furious. We're still so, family. We're still family, yeah. I would like to see a um a movie or a TV show where people can reconcile their differences without having to save their lives. I feel like that puts a pretty high bar on my friendships. <laughs> <laughs> and also, but just like with, uh, you know, um, just like with Spike coming back because he smells the food and then runs back into his friends and family, when the stakes are that high, you know, you, know, you basically you don't have a choice you know you don't want to look like a bad person regardless of mm-hmm. what you would actually what your your internal fears or whatever are regarding the situation when the stakes are so high it's like okay does that really mean i mean yeah you put your your own life on the line to save your friend but also like again you're watching a movie that you have to have the heroic resolution you know if the stakes mm-hmm. are lower then you know it's almost like uh Almost like a little bit more meaningful. And that's uh that's Land Before Time eight, the big freeze. Uh based on what I've seen on the internet, it is kind of middle of the pack of the Land Before Time sequels. <laughs> Both in quality and chronologically. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course. I mean I I have to imagine some of the others have better songs or better plots. I remember the one where they have a sharp tooth baby to be, you know, not bad. It's just <laughs> like the, when was the first one? Like late '80s, somewhere in there, or early '90s? Early '90s, yeah. Who is? And, and I can imagine kids loving the first one, and then they go to you know they they go to Target and they see the, uh, you know they see oh Land Before Time two or three in the thing or, or or they go to their friend's house. Oh my God, they're up to five. Mm-hmm. Who's watching eight? Who's watching twelve? Uh, families with four kids sprout out over about eight to ten years i think oh you give them that you microdose them right so so they all you know it's like oh well you know when when your older brother was younger he watched this movie so you get to watch number one first and then you know mm-hmm. reintroduce them to this or introduce each one to the series and you know they oh there's now 14 of them so there's there's one for all the generations it's like pokemon you yeah know, you the original pokemon that you can- yeah i was thinking of like um you know, kids, they love watching the same thing again and again. And as a parent, you go crazy uh, mm-hmm. like that. But also, you can't expose them to a whole bunch of different things because then now you have to keep track of everything. So, right. you know, you you give them the first one until they get bored. And then you pop on the second one until they get bored. And you only need to know, like, five characters. <laughs> right. It feels It feels the same. It feels familiar to the kid, but also it's not, you know, it's either not the same thing every time. And then, yeah, not having to keep track of all the other things. Yeah, yeah. It's also like, you know, if a kid really likes the first one and then people are like, what should I get your child for their birthday? I'm like, I don't know, one of these. <laughs> That's true. You do have, you know, one family member gets to call shotgun on one gift for the next 14 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. just buy the, buy the box set and just give them one every year. You're good to go. 
Um, how does it stack up against other TV movies? Like, you know, I've seen like some of the, uh, you know, the Scooby Doo movies. Those are those are generally pretty better than this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've you know I've also seen some garbage. Well, like you said, you know, it's it's a movie for kids. It's number eight in a series of fourteen. It does feel a little bit like a cash grab. <laughs> yeah you know yeah but who's cash not mine <laughs> I, I could grab so much more cash if you make i guess if you like you know they, they made movies of some shows right like hey arnold like recess but those were really solid uh movies with like plots and themes and things so i i guess you know as long as you clear the bar on this one it's fine yeah well it uh I think the difference for those movies, though, with, you know, Hey Arnold or Recess is you're starting from, you know, 22 minute TV show, which is, you know, you have to shoehorn your entire plot into that little package. But then when you do a movie, you get to expand on some things and really get into it and, and you know, feel, you know, into the characters and really dig into some stuff. Whereas when you're starting from a, you know, 70 to 80 minute movie from the first one. There's really mm-hmm. nowhere to go unless you're going to do like an HBO miniseries, which I would watch that. <laughs> the Land Before Time HBO miniseries <laughs> would be fantastic. I mean, you you have the whole like, you know, long term threat like the White Walkers in Game of Thrones. You mm-hmm. have the race war angle baked in. You have <laughs> <laughs> fantastical beasts like it maps one to one. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Yeah. Land Before Time 8, it is exactly what you would think to the degree that the audience could have written the script based on a brief synopsis, <laughs> I think. like, And I think it did. So yeah, have yourself a couple mojitos, you know, hang out with your kid. Don't <laughs> think too hard. Take a nap. I don't care. I think I think my least favorite thing about it was I I didn't have enough of, you know, the dialogue was so simple. I guess because it's a children's movie that I couldn't do the pseudo mystery science theater 3000 snarky dialogue on top. Uh, I had mm-hmm. nothing to work with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, any other thoughts? None. No, no thoughts. Not bad. Not good <laughs> movie. It was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're asking, you're asking me to put a quote at the back of the box movie movie. It's a movie. Well, Ian, thank you for joining me on this uh, experimental adventure. Well, thank you. I look forward to doing it again. Do you have, uh, yeah, hopefully not another Land Before Time movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, ha- you have to hole up in a wood cabin for a week. Watch all of them. That's right. <laughs> Do an hour, uh, tight, tight five on each. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna um, to write 100,000 words about, uh, about these movies, and I'll be prepared, more mm-hmm. prepared next time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm getting my uh, PhD with a specialization. I'm, I'm looking at the Land Before Time movies and looking at the, you know, the symbolism and the the metaphor that that uh far-reaching blah blah now, blah. now that you say that because i just remembered that you you told me that this movie came out in december 2001 and it was number eight mm-hmm. in the series of 14 i'm going to do a dissertation on pre and post 9-11 land before time <laughs> movies <laughs> yeah how did that impact us the, the impact the real turning of, the, point. of the clinton the clinton era movies and the bush era movies i mean it's going to be fascinating look out for this it's going to yeah. be forthcoming in 2022 it'll be in jacobin magazine yeah that um that that weird uh, plot point in the ninth movie where we were airdropping T Rexes onto <laughs> the Wanderers, and uh, you know when Littlefoot's like, I don't understand why why we're fighting. They don't seem to want to fight, and you know Mister Thicknose is like, Do you hate our freedom too? <laughs> uh, that was, <laughs> but 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 Mister Thicknose, you told us that the the Sharp Noses had had some um, you know weapons that that were going to take over the the valleys. Like, well, they're there. I promise. We you just have to trust us. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was a simpler time. We were naive. <laughs> I don't remember which one of the dinosaurs worked for the New York Times in that one, but they did not come out looking good. No, 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 no. They <laughs> we have we have to cancel the dinos. <laughs> uh, is there anything uh, that you would like people to see on the internet? Any plugs? Anything uh, that you're doing that you want people to know about, or are you sticking to your undisclosed bunker? I am staying off the grid. I don't. I don't post. I am not I'm a, a foot soldier in the front lines of the posting war. Um, mm-hmm. You will not see. Uh, 
uh, streams. You will not see YouTubes. You will not see Facebooks or MySpaces. So this is the only place to find me. So you're going to have to stay tuned in if you want more of whatever whatever's going on here. Yeah, and check them out on Empowered. Always good. Oh, yeah, that too. That's always good. Um, cool. And if you would like to hear more of these not low effort but low in time investment episodes uh, let me know um and if you want to be a guest for either ben or i to give the other one a week off uh just go ahead and drop us a line on facebook or you can send a message to uh ben Ben always does this and i've tuned him out and i actually don't know how to do this yeah, cartoncast at fancybat.com slash cartoncast, cartoncast at gmail.com. Just, just listen, I'm the only Zane on the internet. Just, e- just email me. <laughs> You'll figure it out. And uh, until next time, watch out for sharp teeth. Watch out for snow. Find yourself a good, uh, a good hot spring and, and don't leave. Yeah. Oh my God. Like a nice, nice warm hot spring. Like my back, like I got to go stretch <sighs> out. It's so good. The whole thing it it's weird that um you know in terms of uh you know hot springs on tv it's the horniest anime in the world and this movie and that's it <laughs> which has disturbing implications for whatever deviant art regarding this movie is out there i will not be searching it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that that's also an impact of the you know post nine eleven and before time series. <laughs> yeah, listen to your elders, but stay skeptical. <laughs> yeah, don't don't trust the government. Darling, you left my heart in pieces on the floor. So tell me why shouldn't I break some things of yours? I'll smash your lamp, the antique chair, that stupid thing you always wear. I'll smash a vase, the radio, those little teacups, 